in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I am so blessed to have my guest here, Rachel Stravelli. She's a psychic, intuitive mentor and author of Talk to the Trees, which we are definitely going to hear more about. She helps overwhelmed healers and therapists feel grounded, gain clarity, and to take aligned action. And I always say, who takes care of the caretakers? And clearly, you are one of those people that helps take care of people that are so used to taking care of everyone else all the time. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Sabrina. I am also honored and blessed to be here. And I just want to share that we haven't met in person yet, but I can't wait because I know it's going to happen because just being in your circle online makes me feel tingly and happy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm getting to know you via social media as well. I love all your reels. I'm like, okay. She's coming on the show. It's time. It's time for her to get here and impart her wisdom on all of us. So tell us a little bit about your about your background. Mm-hmm. Yes, my background. So I grew up in the South as a non-church going, new age vegetarian in a town of hunters, meat eaters, Baptists, and not to be disrespectful, but Bible thumpers. <laughs> so it uh you know, uh, outside of my family from a pretty early age, I didn't have a lot of belonging with people. Mm. Yet I always played in the woods and felt very connected to my own spiritual beliefs and practices. And that thread has run consistent. I still really love people. I mean, who cannot if you spend enough time with with them and if you let yourself engage and let your heart open, as Maud would say in the movie Harold and Maud, you're my species. So I love connecting with you. And yet my if if I'm having a hard day, having a hard time, I'm almost just as likely to go out and sit with the trees and and find solace and comfort there or sit alone by myself and maybe do meditation. I mean, I don't, I'm not one of those spiritual people who 
is super disciplined about doing it all of the time. I'm more kind of willy nilly. What do I feel like today? And sometimes my spiritual practice is dancing around. Ah. Because to me, moving my body, music, whether it's live or over the TV, headphones, computer, whatever, is just this is where life is. I love that. I love that idea of, you know, you don't have to follow a certain prescription every day, you know, like taking medicine every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you don't have right. to do that in your spiritual life. You could do what, what moves you. And I love the idea of movement and music because those can transform us in ways mm-hmm. that we don't even realize, you know, especially if it's the right yes. music. Hmm. Yes. Ooh, I'm getting tingles. And so I'm a huge Bob Marley fan. And and my parents got me started on Bob Marley early. So anytime I hear Bob Marley, I feel every part of my being relaxes. Mm. And I think, okay, I'm home now. And if, it, if it's a mellow song, if it's an upbeat one, then I'm moving a little bit. And uh, I think every person if you don't already have a playlist or a band or a musician that m- gives you that home feeling, hey, go on an exploration and find it or find something else that you know, if I just do this one thing, I can feel the relaxation coming in. I can feel the feeling of home, the feeling of peace. Yeah, I love that because there's so many different genres of music. Like, you know, growing up, you may be you know, particularly listening to one type of, of music. Like I grew up on R&B mostly, you know, and soul music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But now I integrate all different types of music <laughs> and I have love for instruments. So listening to the violin puts me in a certain mood, the guitar, another one, the sax, another one. So there's so many different types of music. And then like my new favorite is affirmations that are to music. It's just everything. I have recently discovered a few of those too. And I'm I'm so excited to bring it up because there's a, every now and again, I think about doing a project with my husband and I was, he knows how to play piano and Ooh. do music more than I do, which I don't really know how to do it. Not that that's how you say it, but that's my level of not knowing how to do it. <laughs> and I was thinking, ooh, I've seen some of these people putting affirmations to not just what we would consider like meditative spa music, but dance music or exactly. Music. It, it feels so good. Exactly. Exactly. Cause my favorite is Chris and T they do music to, um, affirmations to which like trap music. So it's like very upbeat and I'm like bouncing around listening to affirmations every morning to get me going. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So I love the energy of that. So you've always been a creative, it sounds like. You've always been in tuned with your surroundings. Yes. And also, I wouldn't say that always means it's been a smooth road. So I've definitely always mm-hmm. been a creative and have I still have some creative things I made when I was a child. And I've been journaling all of my life. Mm-hmm. And similar to when I talked about spiritual practice, I don't sit down every day and say, and now I will journal because that doesn't really work for me. So the journal, I bring it with me everywhere I go. And sometimes if I'm having a good conversation, I'm taking notes. Or if I'm going to a presentation, I'll take notes. And then other days, I sit down in the morning and I brainstorm things or I write Mm -hmm. what's going on. So that writing has been my consistent practice. And the way that I make myself wear clothing that feels 
exuberant, expressive, and gives me that boost is also a creative practice. And in tuning in, it has been sometimes there, sometimes not. When I was a child, a lot of my psychic gifts were there, and yet they felt very overwhelming to me. Mm. And so I chose to shut them off because I I didn't know how to handle it. It felt that I was being bombarded too much. And even though my family, like if I probably would have gone to my parents and said, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. It's freaking me out. They maybe would have figured out something to help me with. But I think I just didn't even know how to ask for what I needed. And so instead of asking for, hey, can you help me to work with this? I was like, shut it down. (laughs) And just like that, almost all of my gifts, they just went Mm -hmm. dark overnight. And the one that didn't go away was my nighttime dreams are still very vivid, impactful. That's where Mm -hmm. I connect with my spirit guides a lot. And it's cool because I don't, I will not necessarily think I'm in a place where I, oh, I have a question. Let me go ask my spirit guides. I do that sometimes, but I will have dreams where they come to me and they're like, okay, here's your next assignment. And, and I say, oh, that's what's happening now. All right. And that's a pretty fun experience. A couple years back, I had a dream where I'm meeting my spirit guides and this meeting place where we meet. And they said, it's time for you to study the Kabbalah now. And I thought, I've heard of that. I have no idea what it is. And so I took a like a 21-day course or something like that. And even when I was doing it, I thought, I don't really know why I'm doing this. I don't. It's interesting. I'm learning new things, but it's so foreign to my worldview that I have no clue why I'm doing this. And to some degree, I still only get little pieces of what is this for? And maybe it was just for the exposure. And I'm bringing that up because I think in a lot of my work, what I find is our logical minds like to have answers for things that are very, this is why this happened. And in my work, even though questions do get answered, there are many questions that don't get answered. And being okay with, oh, I took an action, like studying the Kabbalah for three weeks, 20 minutes a day, that wasn't nothing of my time. Like I have two kids and a household (laughs) and business. So it's, I was carving out time to do something that I had no idea what the point of it was. And yet for me, this dedication to listening to my inner voice and my guides is if I get a calling to do something or the instruction, I do it and trust that, well, one way or another, maybe I'll have an answer for why. And if I don't, I got to learn some cool things about the Kabbalah along the way. Yeah, a lot of people have trouble with that part of not knowing, you know, Mm -hmm. not knowing the why and get stuck with that. But it sounds like the whole linear way, you know, viewing things like goal, outcome, question, answer, is really not everything. To really expand, we have to kind of go on a spiritual plane. And that does involve the unknown. Yes, yes, exactly. I love that. And I think even though we want to know the why, because I still do too, Mm -hmm. some of the time when we're engaging with life, it's about the experience and the enjoyment. It's releasing that. Do we have to have an end goal? Do we have to know the why? 
it doesn't all have to be productive. You and I having this conversation and everyone who's listening, maybe at the end of it, you'll feel like, well, now I know what action I'm going to take. And this was such a productive time or maybe not. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you had a great experience conversing or listening and you felt to me, it's hard to put into words, but it's like your energy expanding and tingling and ooh, being open to new things, new networks and pathways beginning, you may not have an answer because what if on your deathbed or on the other side, you get the answer? That's sometimes mm-hmm. the message that comes through me in session with someone. I'll say, I can show you essentially what will be a half of a percent of the reason this happened. And upon... When you're in the other side and you have that expanded consciousness, you will see that it was like a complex transit map of the New York subway system, the (laughs) intricacies of why, but I can only show you one stop on the subway train. The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is BrainTap. BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes. So that's how beautiful this interconnectedness of it all is. And I'm getting all the tingly, so I'm just going to keep on talking about what I'm talking about. So, okay, when we allow ourselves to say, what if I don't know the why? What if I don't know the end goal? What if I don't know a specific answer? And I let myself play with life. I let myself enjoy things for the experience. I be in the moment. You feel your body. You be around people that make you feel good. You can't explain why, or maybe you have a reason. Oh, she's cool. She's smart. She likes the things I like. He likes this. You let yourself follow that calling. It's to me like a fairy tale story of when you walk into the magical woods and then you meet a magical character and you have this magical journey and you keep on anticipating, well, when I need help, the help will appear. When I need food, my magical basket that always has food and it will have food. And you start to less focus on all the nitty gritty of well, I did this because they said I should do this. And that was the advice I was given when the world is a new world from Mm. even what it was a year ago. And 
while there are moments of doing logical things and doing the answer and following the next step make a lot of sense. I'm not going to walk into the DMV and be like, well, I feel like I should have a license. So can you just give me my driver's license? I know nothing about motorcycles. Okay. <laughs> yes. I just feel like I'd be a great motorcycle driver. <laughs> You know, obviously, this isn't applicable to every life circumstance. <laughs> but to some of our big questions, if we can invite in the excitement and the play and the curiosity, and the, well, I don't know why, but my intuition told me to do this. What I find is, Maybe, I don't know if I can put a percentage on it, but let's say 25% of the time, if my intuition guides me to do something, I get it. I know the answer. And the rest of the time, I'm just walking on faith. It's just trust here. Yes. But the more that I do it, the more I just know, okay, I've got, I've got some instances where I trust and you show me, okay, here's why you trusted. And I think, okay. And that keeps me going. And for everyone listening, I think maybe pick an area of your life when you can start playing that doesn't feel intimidating. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, you know, to start small. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of just slowing down enough to tap into your intuition because we, I think we neglect our internal world so much, you know, we're groomed to be focused on the external. Yeah. And it, a lot of it, whether or not we want to do it, everywhere you go, the media, the books, the schools, it's like we're all on this one path together, but we're all u- unique expressions of life. And yeah, there will be patterns of what we do, but we'll also need people who are doing a new thing. We have a new world to respond to. We need new solutions. Exactly. So I want you to talk a little bit about your book. Talk to the Trees. I love the title. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I So this book came to me as a lot of intuitive asking and being open to the answer. And as I shared a little bit, I've always been connected to nature. I've always felt that nature is a really great place for any one of us to connect to a calmness and a knowing and wonder, as it says here in the title, that sometimes the human world doesn't give us that. And sometimes if your life is really hard, you can go to a person and ask, hey, I'm going through a difficult time with my child or my spouse or my boss. And those people are like, they might have advice, they might not, they might Mm -hmm. have nothing for you. But if you can go sit with the tree and just look at the tree draw the tree, breathe in the air there and let yourself, Mm. sometimes I picture, okay, this is my problem. What do I do? And I just be receptive and to see if any answers come in. And most of human history, we've spent a lot of time outdoors. The bulk of our time was spent outdoors. And so we have a very natural affinity for it. And yet in the modern day, we spend 85 to 90% of our time indoors. So even just getting outside near water or in a forest for 20 minutes, it's shown to impact your stress levels, your physiology, your emotions. So I knew all of that. And, And also for years, 
in my life, I was thinking, I know how na- how important nature is, but how can I show other people how important it is? Mm-hmm. Because it's almost a no brainer. Like, well, yeah, of course I feel good in nature. It's like, well, okay. So next time you're complaining about something, just go for a walk in nature mm-hmm. or go sit in your garden or go look at a tree. And last year I, I had decided this was the year I was going to write a book because I had been trying to write and finish a book for years and not progressing. So I took a book writing course and I felt very excited about it. And I had three ideas that I was working with, but I couldn't decide which one. And I wanted to pace myself in the course with everybody else who was working at that pace. And I thought the sooner I decide on my book, the sooner I can be done. (laughs) Not that being done was the only purpose, of course. (laughs) But like I said, for about 30 years, I wanted to write a book and I hadn't done it yet. So yeah, ever since I was a kid, I always said I was going to be writing books and doing creative things of that nature. So I sat down in meditation one day with my journal in front of me out on my back porch. And and I was like, okay, what what book do I want to write? I'm not able to figure this out right now. My mind keeps on giving me all these conflicting reasons. So let me meditate and see. And in my meditation, immediately, I was like, those three ideas? put them on the back burner. This is going to be about talk to the trees. And so I felt it was the trees talking to me right then. And they're saying, this is what we want the book to be. This is how long we want it to be. This is what price we want you to sell it at. And they were just like, bup, 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 gave me all the directions. And I thought, cause they told me from the beginning, this is going to be a short book. And I thought, I don't, how is anybody going to see value in that? If it's less than 10,000 words, cause People listening might not know, but this book has, I'm double checking because I don't have it memorized, not even 70 pages. I thought, is anyone going to want to buy a book that has 70 pages? I, I I was really grappling with this, but I thought, like I've said before, I've built enough of this level of trust that I was going to follow what I, what I got. So upon completion of the book, I realized, oh, in the modern day and age, having a book with chapters that are one or two pages, it's actually really refreshing for people because you don't have to think, oh, I got to plow through this 250 page book. Nope. Exactly. You just got to pick it up and read a page. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know that until I was done. Oh, this is actually the genius of it all. And even what I find is, so this book, I think is a way of connecting with nature if either you can't go outside at that moment, mm-hmm. you're on your lunch break, or maybe you can, but you want a new way of engaging and looking at it that also utilizes your mind to engage. And every chapter is set up so there are channeled words from the trees first, and then it ends with a practice from me to how can you apply this? Okay. And, and also the long range goal of this book is that there can be a second book, which is, this isn't just about Rachel Stravelli's opinion of working with the trees, but there's so many other ways of working with nature Mm. that are being explored, maybe that are even being invented, if you want to look at it that way, or being discovered. And I see great possibility for a book that's a collective, collection of here's all the realizations people have. Here's how I work with trees. Here's what I do when I engage with plants. 
because, and I acknowledge in the book, I have from an early age, my parents exposed me to, there's this one woman, uh, white Buffalo. What is her name? Okay. It'll come back to me. She's a native American teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I would read her books and listen to her songs and she really let me formulate my worldview, which is that plants are equally valuable beings, sentient beings, as much as humans are. And a lot of indigenous cultures refer to other creatures as our brothers and sister. And that's how I think too. And so, and I also acknowledge I'm a, a white woman, so I don't, I walk a fine balance of being aware of I can have a way of seeing the world and being in the world, which is informed by what I find to be ancient wise cultures. And there's no way that I have any property, what do you call it? Intellectual property or a practice where I'm like, this is what I think. And this is the only thing that I think. Mm -hmm. And it's all mine. I see it as there's many traditions and many practices and if you have someone who's near you who has a practice, whether it's an indigenous practice or one they are discovering for themselves, engage with it and be as respectful as possible to that culture and or that person so that you're engaging in a way that feels both nourishing to you, but also respectful. Because similar to how humanity has treated the natural environment, we've also treated other people in this way of like, I'll just take what you have and make my life better. And who cares how your life is right now? Sure. And I don't ascribe to those values. And I think moving forward, we have to shift that whole taker extraction, you know, colonizing culture and work in a way that is of a different orientation. Wow. I think that's a beautiful thing. So what are some things that we could do in our everyday life to, you know, honor other cultures, you know, as we learn how to incorporate our natural environment? Mm. Oh, that's such a great question. I love it. And I think I'll share my ideas, but again, I'm just one, one voice. So I think it's powerful to find out who are the people who lived where you live mm -hmm eons ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago. And as, so especially in the U.S., every, every state had a Native American tribe who lived there. And so learning about their stories, learning if there are still people alive today who are of that tradition, learning how they engage with the land is one entry point. If you have a calling or notice you have an affinity there are some people who live near me and they go visit the Amazon rainforest and engage with the with the tribe that they have connected with there. And I think that's amazing because for them, that, that was a connection point mm -hmm. for them and where they felt drawn to. So you, you can pick, it, it might be some tradition that's across the world. That's okay. Just being aware of noticing what you feel drawn to and engaging with it in a respectful way, like you would if it was a person, the same way that you respect a culture. Because mm -hmm. you wouldn't go to your friend's house and just, you know, take, take, take and see you later. <laughs> Thanks for everything. <laughs> and, and that way I think of engaging is nice. And 
The other thing, whether or not it's from a cultural perspective or not, being rooted into where you live and finding finding the nature in where you live. Even in an urban environment, there are natural spaces. And, and this also, one of the things I love about engaging with nature is if you have any activist leanings or any like, oh, let me get involved in a cause, it will open you up to see, oh, here's a way to get involved. Because if a community has no access to nature, to me, that feels that that's also a social justice or a human Mm -hmm. rights problem. Because I believe everyone should have access to it because it's what we need for the health of our being. And therefore, when you don't have trees or parks, it's depriving those people of something that's a real need. Wow. So that, and I bring that up in case someone thinks, hey, maybe, maybe I can talk to my local United Way or city council or I know in Atlanta, there's a group called Trees of Atlanta, or maybe it's the Arbor Day Foundation or, you know, someone who does beautification or greening of spaces, because it's a real thing that you might not notice it in a day or in a week, but over years, the impact of it is noticeable. Yeah. And there's this mutually beneficial relationship, you know, with the environment, if we do our part for it. It'll do its part for us in turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So tell me a little bit about the work you do with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a lot of people come and work with me one-to-one and either they come in for like spiritual tune-up or a birthday present for themselves. Oh, I want to get a boost and a new, tell me how to orient around this year, what to focus on, what to let go of, those type of things. Or a lot of people in business or who are really interested in their own growth will work with me for a little bit longer, a package where we'll work together for a couple months and we'll check in. And I'm essentially almost like an intuition calibrator. So I will work with them to affirm and refine their own process of tuning into their own wisdom. Because I always, whatever relationship I have with a client, I want to be supportive of what is for them. And we're working together, that mutually Mm -hmm. symbiotic, mutually integrating process. Because especially when, if you're working on something that feels ambiguous, and it, it may be driving you forward, maybe you have this this cool new thing you want to create that's something that's a blend of psychology and hypnotherapy and yoga and drinking tea, but you're, but it's so new, you don't know what to do with it. And it's just this calling that's egging you on to meet with me. And then we're in session and I say, oh, well, here's how I see this vision you have creating. And then two people with blinders on are describing what we're both feeling in the dark, then you have a little bit more, oh, yes, it can help you start to shape this visionary thing that you're creating. And to me, that is so exciting because both of us are getting tickled, like, you see this thing and I see this thing and this is going to have such a cool impact as you create this and form this. And sometimes it's not somebody who's 
creating a new business or a new modality. It's someone simply tuning into their inner voice Mm -hmm. again, tuning into their own gifts and showing up for themselves and their Mm -hmm. gifts day after day. And you mentioned at the beginning about caregivers, and sometimes you have a period of life where it was all about the caregiving to others. And then you may have reached a turning point where maybe you've been kind of silently accruing a body of knowledge from 10 years of working in your field. And now you're at the stage, I'm getting tingly. So this must mean somebody listening, this is your thing. So not to be cheesy, but this is your sign. Tune in. (laughs) You've been accruing this knowledge. You have this body of knowledge and it is okay to say, I'm going to create this body of knowledge in a form that allows other people to access it that doesn't take so much from you. Maybe it's a book, maybe it's a program, maybe it's a shifting because, okay, I'm going to go a little bit more because I'm feeling the intuitive pull. You can still have an impact caring for these people that doesn't involve everyday face-to-face you pouring out everything you have because your value is not just in the day-to-day showing up in every moment. Your value is in your perspective and this this body of knowledge and that you have gained from all of that time. And it may be the time to shift. If uh, a tree suddenly starts blooming, we don't go to it and be like, no, 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 you got to stay in that seedling stage. Like that's what you did for such a long time. You were such a good sapling for 10 years. Just stay how you were. You let the tree bloom. You let the tree fruit. You let it grow into maturity. And so it's quite possible your professional maturity is another stage that feels different and, and it looks different. And there may be this moment of you waffling back and forth. I don't know. This is what I know how to do. Great. You can also learn how to do something new that doesn't take as much time and energy that leaves you more time to fill your cup and that impacts people even more. I think that's beautiful, you know, using your own experience and using that experience to create something new and totally different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I've been meeting so many people that are in that space, you know, Mm -hmm. in that space of their life experience and that really being their zone of genius. Like that's really where they they can shine further than they ever thought. Yes. I love that. And I'm not a huge athlete, but it makes me think of when you're working out, you may still do the warm up and the stretches and the same type of early exercises you do, but then it looks different because you're at a different stage of this, this physical journey. And I probably so many of your listeners too have been impacted by so many books and programs of people taking this body of wisdom and sharing it, I was not able to physically go to everyone's office or physically fly to their program. All of those things, it's just not logistically possible. But when you create your book or your program or your thing that puts this body of knowledge, it allows so many more people to connect to you and expand their life in a way that's very accessible for them. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Oh, so beautiful. 
Oh boy. Any final tips for our listeners about practices to help support their mm-hmm. well-being? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I think it'll be two or three things. I'll see. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say until I start talking. I love it. I first want to say, return <laughs> return back to, we mentioned starting small. So you could start with just a minute a day of tuning into nature or tuning into your inner voice or both. Mm-hmm. And, and also what I think is equally important, sometimes people will have a lot of judgment or anger or resentment towards themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, why wasn't I doing this a year ago, five years ago? Why have I not been doing more self-care, listening to my inner voice? Ah, like me with my book. Why didn't I write it 10 years ago? But you know what? The quicker you can let that go and say, I'm just going to love myself and know that I did what I did when I did it. This constant process of loving yourself for anything you might perceive as a mistake of your own past frees up all that energy so you can just love yourself, accept yourself, be in that moment now. And it's like, well, now, now is when you're doing it. So that now is when it really matters. And letting yourself. I forgive myself on a regular basis for as much as I can think that I need to forgive myself for. And it feels really good to not get hung up on, well, why didn't I do that whenever ago? I don't want to waste my time on shoulda, coulda, woulda, what happened in the past. <laughs> exactly. And so for everyone listening, don't you don't have to. You don't have to. You can just forgive and yourself and move on. And I think our last thing to tie it back to the beginning is maybe when, if you're looking at this on a social media, go tell Sabrina and I, if there's a music playlist or song that you really enjoy, that gets you going, that gives you that feeling of home or aha, because I know when I find a band like that, it goes on my playlist and because Hey, we all have hard days. And yet a song can really turn that day around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for being with me today. For our listeners, uh, Rachel's contact information will be in the show notes. Please follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm on TikTok too. Oh, and TikTok. And she's also on YouTube and Facebook. So that information will be in the show notes. Thank everyone for listening today. Please write us a review. Send us some info on the playlist, like Rachel said. All right? (laughs) And (laughs) we'll all be moving our bodies together. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.